Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. And when you do that, you can find your seat, but don't be seated just yet. We are going to get into the word. Amen. So remain standing for, uh, for me for just a moment. Amen. How are we doing this morning, Numa? Amen. You made it here. Amen. I'm tired of this rain. I'm tired of it. It was cool for like a day or two, but man, I'm tired of it. Uh, but praise God, you are safe and you are here in the house of God. And we've got a word this morning. Amen. I want to say happy Mother's Day to every mom in the room. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to my mom, whom I love, who I owe so much of my life to, uh, my wife, who is um, the, the greatest mom that our kids could have ever asked for, and happy mom, uh, Mother's Day to every single one of you. Amen. And I, I believe that God wants to speak this morning to you, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to go right into it, uh, Genesis 25, and we're going we're gonna to read a little bit of scripture today, if that's all right. Please stay with me. Don't let me lose you as we're going to read a little bit more than usual. This is a story about a godly family, yet kind of a dysfunctional family. Now, immediately you might say, Pastor, a godly family is a family that functions. And I would say that a godly family is supposed to function and should strive to function in that godliness. But perfect isn't always what you get. Amen. Can we be real this morning? I think a man of God like David, David was a man after God's own heart who had a very, very dysfunctional family. Uh, Solomon was a great man of God filled with godly wisdom and he had, he had some family issues as well. Eli was a godly man. He was a priest, but he had a very dysfunctional family. Even Jesus, the Bible talks about, there was kind of a time where, where Jesus' brothers and sisters, they were kind of at at a disunity at one point. And so I, I want to be real this morning. And the reality is that sometimes even the godly are dysfunctional. And that's not an excuse to stay that way, but it does let us know that God can work through that dysfunction. Amen. So I, wa- I want you to turn with me. Genesis 25, 19 through 28. If you're there, give me a nice amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It says this, it says, these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord uh, granted his prayer. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? And so she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be Divided, And the one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called him uh, Esau. And afterwards, his brother came out uh, with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And when the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter and a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Esau, I'm sorry, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So you already see some dysfunction right off the bat. Amen. Genesis 27, just a couple of chapters over, beginning with verse 1. 
It says, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim uh, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son. And he answered, here I am. And he said, behold, I am old and I do not know the day of my death. Now then take your weapons, uh, your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love and bring it to me so that I may eat that my soul may be ble- so that my soul may bless you before I die. Now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt the game and bring it, Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, bring me game and prepare me for, uh, prepare for me delicious food so that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare uh, for them delicious food for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said, Rebecca, uh, to his mother, behold, my brother is a, is a hairy man and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a, per- a curse upon myself and not a blessing. And his mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. And so he went and took them and brought to his mother and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. And then Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which uh, were with her in the house and put them on Jacob, uh, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the, the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hands of her son, Jacob. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word that you've given your servant, uh, your, your, your servant, Father. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be on my lips, my God, that this would not be a word from me, but from you, Father God. And I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive this word so that it may fall on fertile ground. My God, I pray that you bless every parent, every mother, every woman in the room, Father God. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. And amen. You can be seated. Amen. I, w- I want to let every mom know in the room that you are, you are appreciated and you are loved and you're, adm- you're admired. Amen. The job of, of most moms, I think, is probably is one of the jobs that's most taken for granted. Um, it, it's, it's one of those jobs that you just don't always feel appreciated for. Right. Because if you think about it, when you become a mom, your babies aren't saying thank you. They just take and take and take, right? And then they grow up and they start to become these little talking monsters, right? Nothing really changes. They're still there just to take and take and take and they don't really say thank you. And then they become teenagers and, and, and teenagers, um, they, they, they think that they don't even need you. And so it's, it's not until you get to a point of adolescence where we realize, man, my mom knew what was up. I should have listened to my mom a little bit more. I should have taken her advice when I was a kid, right? And so maybe you're in the room and you feel unappreciated, but I want to let you know that you are appreciated. And I want to let you know that your kids do love you, even if they don't act like they do. Amen. And I also want to uh, give a very special shout out to the moms who have, have gone already to be with the Lord. The fact that you're here is a testament to their faith. And I love seeing Brother Medina right here. He, every Mother's Day, he brings mom with him to church. 
and, and, and I want to say that I know that your mom would be proud of you. I know that, I know that so many mothers who are not here would be proud of their children, right? Because the legacy that they left, it, it is now entrusted to you with your kids. And so thank God for godly mothers. Amen. Hey, amen. Happy Mother's Day, mom. My wife, happy, it's, it's funny, my, my wife always says, what are you going to get me for Mother's Day? And I'm like, girl, you ain't my mama. <laughs> so ask your daughters. And I'm just, I'm just kidding, of course. I love my wife, and um, not just for the wife that she is, but for the incredible mom that she is to our girls. As I was preparing this word, I, I told God, Lord, give me something that will not just celebrate moms and women and, and parents in general, but, but give me something that will edify their spirit. I say this all the time. I feel like every Mother's Day, we kind of give you a pat on the back and and say, great job. You're doing well. And we send you on your way. And all that's true. You are probably doing a great job. But I also realize that in the minds of so many mothers, so many women, they probably sometimes feel like they're not doing enough. Like there's always something more you can do. And, and there's always, there's always something better. There's a better way that I could have done it. I was talking to uh, an aunt of mine, who I hadn't seen probably in about 15 years and, and um, I'm helping her buy a, a, a home here in, in, in Conroe. And we went out to eat with, with, with uh, we went out to eat and we were just kind of catching up and, you know, she started, she started to reflect on her job, you know, as, as a mom. And, and there were some questions like, were there some things that I could have done a little bit differently? And, and, and did I go wrong here? And, and I remember telling her, I remember you always be, being a, 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 a great mom. You were always a mom who loved fiercely and protected fiercely. I said, all you could ever do is your best, and that's what you did. And, and I, I, think, I think there are many moms out there wondering if they're doing enough. And maybe you're worried about how your kids are going to turn out and, and, uh, and, and will they always serve the Lord? That is one of my greatest fears at just as a parent in general. Will my children always serve the Lord when they're no longer under my household? And, and, and you're doing all that you can to make sure that, that you raise these God loving and people loving children and decent human beings, right? But I can tell you that you can give everything to your children. You can do everything for, for your children. You can, you can invest in them the most possible, but you're still not going to be perfect. And that's the title of my message today. Not perfect. Again, I just want to be real. And maybe that sounds a little harsh. You know, I sometimes share the title of my sermon on Instagram. Um, beforehand, just to kind of let you know what, what, what the word is going to be about. I was a little hesitant this time because I was like, Man, I'm going to get a bunch of hate for this, right? <laughs> we're, we're supposed to tell you how perfect you are, right? But again, I, I just, I want to, I want to be real. Like I, I, I love my mom. She's the greatest mom in the world, but she's not perfect. Uh, I love my wife. She's the best mom my kids could ever ask for, but she's not perfect. And I think on Mother's Day, we're always talking about how perfect moms are. And we use Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a prime example of righteousness. And we, we, we talk about the courage of Queen Esther and how she went into the king's quarters in fear of her life to represent her people. Or we talk about the faith and the peace of the Shunammite woman who in a moment of tragedy, her peace and her faith stepped up. Or we talk about Naomi and how she became this motherly figure to her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And we talk about all these moms who seem to be without flaw. But when we look at Mama Rebecca, She's got some problems. 
And so I want to talk to the moms in the room who maybe don't relate to Mary, the mother of our Lord. Maybe you don't relate to Queen Esther and you're saying, I could never muster up the courage to do what she did. Maybe you are the opposite of the Shunammite woman. And in moments of tragedy, you don't become calm and collective. You get frantic and crazy and there's no peace to be had. I want to talk to the moms who are not perfect, but you're still doing everything that you can for your family. Because why? You love your family. You love them. And the truth is you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes as a parent. We're all we're all going to make mistakes. Um, And if you're not a parent, if you're not a parent, let me just say it's easy to judge. Oh, my gosh, man. Like when when you're not a parent, all you do is watch other parents and you take notes of the things that you're not going to do. Right. I'm never going to be this way. When I have kids, I'm never going to give them an iPad. Oh, but you don't understand the magic of an iPad. When you have a screaming toddler and you just need a moment to yourself, it's so easy to just calm them down. (laughs) We say, we say, when I have kids, they're they're never going to have sugar. And let me tell you, if you don't give them sugar, grandma will. Okay. And so the battle's already lost there. (laughs) Telling you, man. My mother-in-law's in the room. I'm not going to look in her direction. <laughs> but Layla, Layla has gone about seven years without having, without having soda. And, and uh, the other day, she was like, I tried soda for the first time. And I was like, who gave you, who gave you soda? She was like, Grandma. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> and the truth is, as, as parents, you're... You're going to make mistakes. You're going to regret some things that you that you said, that you didn't say, that you did, that you didn't do. And there might even be a moment in your life, in your relationship with your kids. It's just it, it's kind of weird. It feels strange and it, it feels like you're not connecting uh, from time to time. And I, I just I want to tell you that that kids don't need they don't need you to be a perfect parent. But they do need you to point them to the one who is perfect. That's what they need. And so I want to begin by saying that both Isaac and Rebecca, they were godly individuals, right? Isaac was a man who feared the Lord. I mean, his parents were the greatest role models ever, the founding fathers of, of, of Israel and of the Christian faith, Abraham and Sarah. They, they had, uh, Isaac had an incredible role model as, as parents. Isaac grew up seeing the faith. Of, of his dad and his mom as they trusted God to deliver the promise to them. Isaac witnessed his dad almost sacrifice him to the Lord in a moment of obedience and faith. Isaac grew up fearing the Lord just like daddy. And Rebecca was also a woman who showed great faith. She believed in her husband. She believed in the promise um, made over Abraham and his descendants. And she said, you know what? I, I agree to this. I want to be a part of this. This was a couple that prayed they appealed to the Lord uh, for, for their greatest concerns. And the Bible says that when Rebecca was barren, she had been barren for 20 years. They, they, got, they got together. Isaac and Rebecca got together when uh, Isaac was 40. They didn't have children until they were 60. It's, it's, it's kind of funny that, that God tests Isaac and Rebecca the exact same way that he tested Abraham and Sarah. 
who, who knew that they had this promise over their lives and they were going to be heirs to this promise, but it took a while to get the promise. And so Isaac, being a man of faith, being a man who feared the Lord, he inquired to the Lord on behalf of his wife. And he said, Lord, open up the womb of my wife because I know we're supposed to have children. And then, and then the Bible says that Rebecca, when she gets pregnant and she begins to have some trouble in her pregnancy, she also goes to the Lord and she says, Lord, what is, what's happening? And God speaks to her and he reveals this prophetic word and she believes it and she holds to it. These are godly parents, but they're not perfect. This is a family that became dysfunctional very, very quickly. I, I don't know how their first 20 years of marriage was. The Bible doesn't really say, but when it, they had kids, things got crazy. They always say when you add kids to the mix, kind of throws off your balance and you have to find a way to rebalance everything because now you have, you have kids that are dependent on you and they, they, they require attention from you. And I don't think Isaac and Rebecca ever really found a healthy balance. It seems that Isaac and Rebecca had poor communication skills. And we were, we were here for a marriage a seminar uh, yesterday, and it was, it was awesome, by the way. And, and, and Brother Junior and Sister Seth and the whole marriage team, I mean, they always do uh, really, really well with these things. And, and uh, we, were ta- we, we had a session where it was just the, the husbands and just the wives. And, and one of the things that we talked about in our session was how communication is key. Because, men, we don't, we don't always listen. Amen? Come on. I don't always listen. I don't, I mean, and sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm agreeing to things that I'm not even listening to, right? That's dangerous. And sometimes we don't communicate. Isaac and Rebecca, they didn't, they, they didn't seem to have the best communication skills. It seems like Rebecca, talking about Rebecca, it didn't really seem like she honored the headship of her husband. She was a liar. She was a deceiver at times. And overall, this was a divided family. And yes, Isaac had plenty of problems himself, but this isn't Father's Day. This is Mother's Day. We're talking about mamas. We're talking about Rebecca. Rebecca had some issues. The Bible says that they picked favorites. Isaac loved Esau. Rebecca loved Jacob. Before I had kids, man, I was convinced that parents had favorites. Like, how could you not? Like, you have favorite food. You probably have a favorite movie. Like, you have a favorite kid, right? Um, and and it's, not, it's not that you hate one and you love the other. It's just like maybe you love one a little bit more than the other, right? I was convinced. You couldn't, you couldn't tell me otherwise. I, I just thought you were lying. But now that I have two girls, two beautiful girls, I can say without a doubt that I love them equally both. There's no way that I could only pick one if I had to. But I'm going to say something a little controversial. Um, some days I, I like Layla a little bit more than Ellie. And sometimes I like Ellie a little bit more than Layla. It just depends on how much one is annoying me versus how much I'm bonding with the other. And a, a couple days ago, I'll give you an example. A couple days ago, I went to get Ellie out of the car seat when she, she got home. Ellie's still in that very cute toddler phase. And I mean, I just want to just hug her and love on her and, and kiss her and all that and smother her. And, and so I go to, to get her out of the car seat and she tells, she says, no, right. She, says, she goes like this to me and I get offended when my girls don't want me. I'm, I like kind of want to cry a little bit. I'm like, what, what did I do to you? Like, what's the problem? And she tells me in the very most blunt and unapologetic way, she says, mommy's better than you. 
She said it just like that. Mommy is better than you. And I'm like, girl, do you even know who I am? (laughs) And so I like Layla way more the rest of the day. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Now, now in the case of Isaac and Rebecca, there was obvious favoritism here. Isaac related a little bit more to Esau. You know, Esau, uh, he, he probably had more in common with Isaac. And so they bonded over this. Uh, the Bible says that Esau was a skillful hunter. And, and so uh, he brought all the food back to Isaac. And so they probably found something that they could enjoy together. And they bonded over that. And they probably had a relationship. And they, and they probably hung out a lot more together than Isaac did with Jacob. The Bible says that Jacob, J- Jacob was like a mama's boy. He, he dwelt in tents, right? He probably playing video games all day, right? He probably didn't want to go out. He probably wasn't as rugged as, as, as uh, um, Esau was. He was quiet. He was known for being a deceiver. They, they always say it's the quiet ones you got to worry about, right? But Rebecca, that was, that was mommy's boy. Rebecca favored Jacob, the younger one. Now, it doesn't say that Rebecca hated Esau. It doesn't say that Isaac hated Jacob, but there was clear uh, favoritism that divided this family. And we see all of that clearly there in chapter 27. Isaac is starting to get to the end of his life. And so it's time for him to start settling his affairs. And so he calls his oldest son Esau into the room and he says, look, I'm, I'm about to bless you because I, I, my, my, my last day could be any day now. So I want to bless you. And so in these days, right, we know that it was the oldest son who got uh, the, the blessing from the father. There came to be an actual law in Israel that said that the firstborn would receive a double portion from his father's inheritance. And so Rebecca overhears this and she starts to devise this, this plan, right? She says, I know this promise is from Mijito Jacobcito. And so she, she picks, she, she chooses a side between her two sons. And, and, and she tells Jacob to pretend to be his brother Esau. She even makes him like this, this costume, right? Like everything, you know, like, like it's something out of a children's play, right? It's straight up mama's boy. I'll take care of it. She cooks for her husband to, pret- uh, to pretend that he was Esau's kill. And I, I love this part. Jacob is like, mom, what if dad finds out what we're doing here? And instead of blessing me, he curses me and... Rebecca says, let the curse fall on me. She said, let me take care of your dad. Rebecca is fully aware of what she's doing and the fact that it could bring shame to her husband, but she's fully prepared to handle the consequences for her favorite son. That's not the best mom move. If, if, if Rebecca went to church to get some counsel on how she should handle this situation, no rational mother would give her this advice, right? Most moms I know would say, they're going to have to share or they get nothing. If you can't share, you get no- I'll get the blessing if you can't figure it out. But not Rebecca. It's almost as if Esau doesn't even matter to her. And I, I, you know what? I struggled to bring this sermon this morning because I was like, man, She's a good mom to Jacob, but she ain't a great mom to Esau. And so I was like, how am I going to bring this, this, this woman kind of and put her on this pedestal as a role model for moms on Mother's Day? I really struggled with it. 
And so I, I kind of went back, back and forth. Okay, maybe I'll just preach on, on Mary. She was, you know, stellar, right? The mother of our Lord. Because Rebecca, I mean, she's got some issues, man. And it, it, it's hard to say if, you know, Isaac, her husband, knew about the prophecy given to his wife. It's hard to say if he, if he knew about it or not. If, if Isaac did know about it, right, this could be him refusing to let it happen by giving something to Esau that should have been Jacob's. It's, it's hard for me to believe that Rebecca never mentioned it to her husband, right, because that's what wives do, right? They, they, they tell things to, to their husbands. Maybe she told him and he wasn't listening, you know, maybe he forgot. I, I, I don't I don't know if if Isaac doesn't know about the word given to his wife, if Rebecca never told him, maybe this whole thing could have been avoided by just having her communicate with her husband. I can't really say with certainty whatever the case is, and I don't like to preach on speculation, but but whatever the case may be, Rebecca did act deceitfully. She lied to her husband. She dishonored her husband. She disrespected her husband. This is this is her big mistake. And, you know, a few years ago, I I preached a message called Good Intentions. And I talked about how sometimes we do something for God with a good heart and with good intentions. But if the thing that we're doing for God isn't good, God doesn't honor it. Right. And we talked about uh, how how King Saul wanted to bring back all of the spoil uh, when 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 God told him to drive out the Amalekites and destroy everything. And and Saul comes back and and he says, look, we're going to present this to you as a sacrifice. And God said, I didn't ask for a sacrifice. I wanted obedience. Your good intentions don't matter here. But I also think that sometimes grace is given in some of those moments especially when it comes to want to be obedient to God. If you're being disobedient to God, I don't see how God will honor your good intentions because God is very serious about fearing him. But sometimes we make mistakes in an attempt to be obedient to God. And I think there's grace there. And I, I, I think we can point to Abraham and Sarah when they tried to advance the promise of God by having, uh, by having Abraham have a child with Hagar. People got hurt. That, that was a well-intentioned attempt that wasn't what God wanted, but God remained faithful because ultimately they were trying to be obedient. They weren't patient. They, 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 they tried to, to take some shortcuts, but ultimately they remained fearful of God and God remained faithful. And so I think many times as parents, we have good intentions when it comes to getting our kids to serve the Lord. But sometimes it backfires. And sometimes we do something that wasn't the right move. But I believe that there is grace there when God sees that your heart is really for him. I, I, I know parents who, who kept their kids from the world as best they could. And they brought them to church every Sunday. And they feared God with everything. And every night they would pray together. And they instructed their children in the word. And then, and then one day the children grow up and they leave the Lord. And I've had conversations with some of these parents and I've had conversations with the kids and the parents, they, they say, why did I do something wrong? Was, was it something that I did that made them leave the church? And, and the, the answer could be maybe, but you did it out of a desire to be obedient. Maybe it wasn't done perfectly. Maybe there were some things that you could have done differently, but your intention was to be obedient to God. 
I think God honors that and stays faithful through that. And so this is where I, I, I think we need to give Rebecca some grace. Okay. You still with me this morning? I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because look, Rebecca was told by God that Jacob, the, the younger would rule over the older. That was a word she received. And because she received it from the mouth of God, she believed it. She held onto it in her heart. It was, it was pretty common in these days for the younger children to get the scraps, right? Because it was the oldest son who was going to receive the blessing of the father. And so the youngest sons were always kind of the underdog. And we kind of, we think about Joseph. He was one of the youngest of his brothers and he was despised by his brothers. We think about David. He was the youngest and he was forgotten about by his brothers and his father. There was this natural tendency for, for a father to favor his oldest because the oldest was going to get the blessing and carry on the father's legacy. Now, Rebecca is fully aware of the promise of God over Jacob. If you haven't started listening yet, this is where, this is where you start to listen, okay? Rebecca's fully aware of the promise of God over her son Jacob. I don't think that she didn't love her other son, but as a God-fearing mother... She wanted to protect the heir of the promise out of an obedience to God. One of the jobs of, of every mom is to be the eyes and the ears of their children before their children even know what to do with the eyes and ears. This is, this is why we dedicate our children to the Lord, right? It's not, it's not to say that, that they're going to have all of this understanding of, of, of who God is by themselves, bless you. It's, it's saying, Lord, guide me as the parent. Guide me, give me wisdom so that I can lead in wisdom and so that I can, I can point them to the path of righteousness so that they stay dedicated to you after my job is done. That's why we dedicate our children. And so there's, there's a time where our kids are innocent and they don't know any better, where we as parents have to be the eyes and the ears of our children. So moms, you have to open up your eyes when there's an ungodly agenda trying to indoctrinate your children through a kid's movie. You got to pay attention to that stuff. Moms, you've got you to listen to whatever your kids are hearing, what they're being told at school by their friends, by their teachers, by the music that they listen to. You have to have your ears open as well. Rebecca had her ears open on behalf of her son, Jacob. Even to this day, can I just tell you about my mama real quick? My mom still reminds me of prophetic words given to me throughout the years of my life. She's got like this archive of prophetic words her son and she's got videos and she's got write and she's got notes and she's got and she'll call me and she'll remember she's like you remember when you were given this word by by this prophet and I was like what I don't I don't remember that at all but even to this day my mom is still acting as my eyes and ears because she loves me that much and she loves the Lord that much. And she wants to make sure that I am constantly being, being moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm constantly being led by God. Rebecca had some flaws. But she was doing her best to honor the promise of God over her son Jacob. And can I tell you, woman of God, that this is what your kids are going to remember. They might remember some details that you wish they'd forget. But they will always remember consistency. 
Your kids will always remember a mother who prayed. Your kids will always remember a mother who was faithful. Your kids will always remember a mom who brought them to church even when they didn't want to come. Your your kids will always remember mama. She never quit. She was a fighter. Layla is going to remember a mom who fought for her daughter. You know what I'm talking about, babe. (laughs) The other day, Layla made a comment to Melissa. Um, I don't remember the details of what happened, but something came up with Layla's, Layla's teacher. And Layla has to go out of her way to tell my wife, Mom, please don't fight with my teacher. <laughs> the foundation has already been set. You know, a, a couple years ago, Melissa had a, a rough conversation with one of Layla's teachers because Layla's teacher, she, she needed it, right? Um, <laughs> so Mama Bear gets on the phone, and, and I, we're at we're Target, and we're just we're shopping, and, and she's, she's on the phone, and, and Layla and me are, like, listening, and we're like, dang, get her mom, right? That, that's, what, that's what Layla is going to remember. Whether she remembers the details or not, she's always going to remember that mom stood up for me. She protected me. She defended me. Kids will remember consistency. That's what they're going to remember. They will remember a mom. I'm going to go the other way now. Who was chronically lazy. They will remember a mom who didn't fight for them. They will remember a mom who, when they needed the Lord most in their life, they failed to give them godly wisdom. Don't be that mom. Be the ones that fought. Be the ones that prayed. Be the ones that had faith. Be the ones that said, I might not have the answer but we're going to seek God together to find it. Be that person. Be the person who always leads your children in the promises of God. Rebecca, from day one, she was always going to be the eyes and the ears of her children because that's what moms do. They look out for their children. They stay alert and on guard, and they're aware. It just so happened that God picked Jacob. And, And because God picked Jacob, Rebecca sought to preserve Jacob for the promise. And so Rebecca does some hurtful things. She does some deceitful things. She creates a mess. She probably hurts her other son in the process. She dishonors her, her husband's authority. None of this should be admired. None of it. This isn't Mary, the mother of Jesus, full of grace and righteousness. This isn't Queen Esther, full of courage and wisdom. This is the cheap shot. And it, it kind of sounds like it wasn't the first time that she does something like this. It kind of sounds like she liked it. She was too skillful and crafty. Rebecca's not perfect, but she loves God and Jacob so much that she isn't afraid to get her hands dirty. Now, I don't, I don't know how Esau will remember his mom. <laughs> the Bible doesn't tell us anything about their relationship. But without a doubt, Jacob remembered a mother who, yes, Made mistakes. Yes, she wasn't perfect. But she protected the promise over his life. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap up soon. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But, you know, I've never been a mom. I will never be a mom. And I, uh, sometimes I hesitate to preach on Mother's Day. Come like, well, maybe I'll ask my wife or maybe I'll ask my mom. Or, you know, a woman. Who knows what it, who knows what it's like? 
But I think that I can, I can rightly discern because th- this isn't just moms, this is people in general, this is dads, this is, this is men, this is women. But today's Mother's Day. I think sometimes moms try so hard to be other moms. And you play the comparison game and you compare yourself to all of the other moms. And you look at people's children and you compare your children to their children because you hope that, man, if, if their children are, are messed up like mine, then I can feel better about myself as a mom. And so we're always, we're always, hoping, we're always hoping that people are just as messed up as, as, as we are. And, and some, sometimes we try so hard to be polished and perfect and you're ashamed when you're not. And I just want to tell you today that your kids don't need polished and perfect. They need godly and loving. I don't, I don't know when, when polished and perfect became the standard. But God sets the standard. And, and God created mothers. He created mothers to be nurturers and caregivers and comforters and teachers of godliness. Solomon tells his young audience in Proverbs, he says, do not reject the teaching of your mother. He's assuming a godly role model. Do not reject godly wisdom imparted onto you by your mother. Your kids don't need polished and perfect. They need godliness. And so listen, it's great if you pack your kids a perfect little lunch with a note that says, mommy loves you. Have a great day. And you send them off to school. It's great that you take them to all the birthday parties and all the soccer games and all the karate lessons. But more than that, they need a mom that says a prayer for them before school starts. They need a mom that drags them to church even when they don't feel like going. They, they need a mom who calls their grown-up children and asks, how are you doing in the Lord? Are you going to church right now? Are you okay? My mom calls me every single day just to check on me. My wife thinks it's crazy. My wife is like, Does, your, your mom knows you're 33, right? But every day she gives me a call just to check on me. That's what your children need. They they need a mom who will check on their heart, on their spirit, who will discern, who will be in prayer and have the Holy Spirit whisper to them, your son is not okay. Your daughter's not okay. Call them right now. Send them a text message right now. Send them a verse right now to encourage them in the Lord. That's That's what our children need. They need a mom who will fight, not just the bullies at their school, but spiritual bullies of darkness. That's what they need. That's what they need. Your kids need a mother who preserves the word of God over their lives. Hear me. Listen. To the world, to the world, Rebecca was a liar. Rebecca was a deceiver. She was divisive. She might have even been toxic. I I have a lot of commentaries, and every commentary I read does not portray Rebecca in the best light. To the world, Rebecca wasn't the greatest role model, but to her son Jacob, Mama was a mom who obeyed. Mama was a woman who fought for my promise. Mama was godly. She wasn't always good, but she was godly. The world doesn't just need good moms. They need godly moms. Instead of worrying about what the world says about you, why don't you worry about what God says about you and what your kids think of you? God has given you authority, woman of God. He's granted you this responsibility to nurture and care and teach another human being. 
who will go out into the world with whatever it is that you equipped them with. There was so much power granted to moms. And many of you do it without, without the help of a man. I commend you. I commend you. Some of you are doing, carrying the burden of both. But you can do it. You can do it. Pastor Marita said this morning, she preached in Spanish. She said, she said, you are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think. Some of you wake up every day and you wonder if I'm, if I'm even going to be able to do it today. You might wake up and say, I don't, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to deal with the getting ready and the fits and the complaining and the attitude and the sass. I'm, I'm just, I'm speaking of my children right now. Some of you might wake up discouraged but God has strengthened you God has strengthened you you can get up you can lead in wisdom you can lead in righteousness you can lead in grace and sometimes you're going to make mistakes and you're not going to be perfect but your kids don't need perfect they need godly they need godly they need consistency I will always remember the, the, the faith of my mom. Always. I was on a podcast this week and did a, I did a podcast with somebody. And they acknowledged Mother's Day and they asked me, what is something that you're, you're always going to remember about your mom? And I, I, I didn't even have to think about it. I saw her, my mom's faith. She's a woman of faith. So this, this is a woman that I would even criticize her faith sometimes. I'd be like, that, that's, that's silly. I'd say, that's not faith. I told her one time she, she quit her job to go full-time in a ministry. And I said, Mom, have you looked at the budget? What are y'all, what are y'all doing? What are y'all thinking? I will always admire her faith. And I will always have a piece of that faith in me. And because I always have a piece of it, it's something that I can always give to my children. And as I were, they were singing this song, I was holding my daughter, she was asleep, and I was just holding on to her, de- de- declaring not just her, but future generations that come after her. That is so much responsibility. But you have that God in your life. Share it with them. You don't have to be perfect, but just be godly because my God is perfect. I want you to stand this morning.
because we are humbled, we are sometimes forced to forgive. And maybe there's some of you this morning holding on. You're holding on to some, maybe some resentment. Maybe you're holding on to, uh, to something that, that mom did or, or that your children did. Or I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I want healing to happen this morning. Because where there is healing, we can grow. We can move on. We can get stronger. And we can allow for more godliness to come into our families. We, this world needs godly families. They need godly families. And sometimes godly families are only dependent on a godly mother. We need godliness in this world, this dying world, this struggling world, this evil world. We need protection over our children. And so right right there where you're at, I want you to begin to pray, pray over your family, begin begin to pray over your mom. If your mom is here, husbands, pray over your wife. If you're here by yourself, if you're a mom here by yourself, maybe your kids are not here, I, I just want you to, I just want you to pray. I just want you to seek God and say, Lord, Lord, I know that I'm not perfect, but I want to be godly. I know that I'm not perfect, my God. I know that I'm not always good, but you are good. Always, all the time, you are good. And I want more of you in my life. Grant me more faith. Grant me more peace. Grant me strength, my God. Grant me joy, Lord. In Jesus' name, that my my children can see it and be inspired by it and hold on to it and gift it to their children. In Jesus' name right now, come on. Come on, women of God, men of God. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.